God are phrases um, that are interchangeable. So whenever we talk about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, we're talking about the same thing. And um, as I began to read through scripture in the last couple weeks and pray about what is it, Father, that you would have me to share with your body, he began to speak to me about the kingdom of heaven. And what came to my mind was how often, or how, let me phrase it another way, how little that we speak about the kingdom of God, maybe if ever. We, uh, what are things that we talk about normally on a regular basis? talk about the number one thing normally, the weather, right? Uh, we talk about politics. We talk about sports. Uh, we talk about our hobbies. Um, we talk about a lot of things, but I find very rare that we talk about the kingdom of God and even using that phrase as through scripture that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. We find there in his baptism that when John baptized him, the scriptures say that heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And at the same time, the Father spoke and said, this is my son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. After that, we read the scripture that Jesus was then led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. He was in the wilderness for 40 days. At the end of 40 days, this Satan came to him and tempted him. At the end of his temptation, Jesus came out of the wilderness and began his public ministry. The first words that are recorded in scripture... And the first message that Jesus spoke is recorded in Matthew 4, 17. And uh, I'm going to have a lot of scriptures, and they're going to be posted on the screen this morning. But here are the first words that Jesus spoke after he came out of the wilderness. His first message was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then in Luke, chapter 17, once again... Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said this, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. And as we read throughout the New Testament, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, that phrase, those phrases, is mentioned 162 times. And so we find out that there's significance in the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And what, what does it mean? And what does it mean for us? And what does it mean for us to live in this new kingdom of God? Because Jesus continually, as we're going to see over the next several weeks, Jesus continually talked about the kingdom of God. He continually preached about the kingdom of God. His disciples spoke about the kingdom of God. He taught lessons about the kingdom of God which tells me our conversations as followers of Jesus Christ 
about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom, let's define that. It refers to, and it means rule, reign, or authority. And so it's a reference to the rule or the reign or the authority that we give God over our lives. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Which, as I read that text, it seems to describe a lot of people in our world today. God's plan from the very beginning was that man, through Christ Jesus, exercise rule and authority over the earth and everything in it. Genesis 1, 26 and 28. God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over livestock and over the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And so we see God set up his kingdom here on earth, not as an earthly kingdom or as a kingdom that is built out of streets of gold or out of, we're not talking about heaven, we're talking about place where he rules and reigns in the hearts and in the lives of his people. However, we see from the beginning that man rejected that kingdom. They became passive about God's rule, God's reign, and God's authority in their life. They rejected God's instructions. When Jesus came preaching, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Jesus is the architect then and the founder of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It's established in the hearts and in the lives of people. So when we speak about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, we're not talking about something out there. We're talking about something in here. We're talking about Jesus who's established his salvation in the hearts and the lives of people by faith. So we're going to look at that over the next several weeks. And so we have to begin this morning by looking at and talking about how a person receives the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. In Mark 10, verses 13 to 16, it says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But his disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them. And so what we see here is that Jesus begins to teach about how one receives the kingdom of God 
not anything. They, they, you tell them that they can do something, and they do it. You tell them they can't do something, and they think they can do it. It's this, this simple childlike faith that Jesus is talking about. And what he's indicating here is that the kingdom of God is not something that we can achieve on our own, on our own ability, our own effort. But rather, it's something that we humbly accept and we receive. And so, Matthew chapter 22, Jesus speaks about the kingdom here and how one enters into the kingdom of God. Verse 1, Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. And then he sent out some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I have invited did not deserve to come. So, go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man was there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. The king then told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. So let's unpack this for a few minutes this morning and then apply this to how we talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and how a person enters into and receives the kingdom of heaven that we're talking about this morning and that Jesus spoke about and was so significant in his ministry. So he says the kingdom of heaven is like a king. And so as we unpack this, we see a king is a single, identifiable person who's personable. It's, it's not a picture of um, a place, but he's talking about a state of existence here. The king here represents God. What is the king doing? We have to ask ourselves. He's preparing for a joyful celebration. All wedding banquets, all wedding um, receptions are joyful celebrations. Um, and this is for his son. So the king is uh, employing people to come and to celebrate with him in this state of existence, this 
does not order people to attend. But notice in our teaching this morning that the issues of invitation, you are invited to come. So people have the opportunity to respond, either to accept it or to reject it. And the invitees have that freedom to come in or not. The kingdom in here is made up of like-minded people who have accepted the invitation by the king and who are living under his rule and his authority. Jesus is describing the kingdom of heaven where everyone, you notice in here, is initially invited. But there are some who reject the invitation. This doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. It doesn't mean that they've done anything wrong. It just means that they, as we look at this text, they are too occupied with daily life, daily responsibilities, to come to the banquet. And I couldn't help but think, they're thinking, you know what, maybe we'll get a rain check and be invited later. But who is to say you get another opportunity? so consumed with just sometimes busyness. And the more that we get busy, the more busy we stay. And so, as we look at this teaching from Jesus about the kingdom of heaven and the invitations that went out, we see that they rejected the invitation. There may not be another opportunity for an invitation. And some rejected the invitation. And not only did some reject the invitation, but if we look back into our scripture, we find that they also murdered the servants who brought the invitation. And what I find today is that many people reject invitation to become a follower of Jesus Christ are the very ones who attack those who proclaim their faith in Jesus. And we see in here the king responded in a way that may be surprising to a lot of people. If we put Jesus in this role as God, which he is, and we often think in our world today, oh, Jesus is such a loving, kind God. But there are consequences for rejecting the invitation of God. Look at verse 7. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed the murderers and burned the city. Some people question, really? are the people who think, is hell really real? And they believe that there are no consequences to rejecting the invitation. They believe that they can just live their life in whatever way they want. 
says this, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will taste, will get a taste of my banquet. Jesus speaking. The king, however, in our text, was not discouraged. He sent out his servants to the streets to gather those who would come. Verse 10, so the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Jesus, in his teaching here, makes it clear that the invitation to the kingdom of God, God's rule, God's reign, God's authority over the life of his people is open for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter your economic status. God's invitation is open for everyone. But then it takes a surprising turn. There was a person who was invited at random off the street. He comes to the celebration, but he's without the appropriate wedding clothes. And I'm thinking to myself, as I studied this parable and this teaching of Jesus, for the ones that have the invitation, you know, we, we have actually right now in our um, board at home that we keep um, our calendar of the events, family events, and activities on. Right now, we have one save the date for this summer for a wedding that we're going to be invited to. We haven't officially been invited to it yet. We just are supposed to save the date. And then we have one that we just received recently, that a wedding that we are being invited to. And so we are making preparation of probably what we will wear to those wedding celebrations. I understand that. I get that. But a person who's off the street who has no time to prepare for their wedding celebration for the clothes that they have, they receive the invitation and they go in but they don't have the right clothes on. What's up with that? Because notice in here, the person that's random off the street, they come in, and the king comes in and finds that they have the wrong clothes on. It says that they are cast out. And what we have here is we have a description of people spiritual sense, we're just going to make this over a parable, is to teach a spiritual lesson. People who come into the church, who profess to come into the faith, but they have no outward appearance of likeness to the life of Jesus. They profess it with their mouth, but it hasn't transformed their heart and their living, and it's not being lived out. So for every practical reason, they are basically a hypocrite. And so they are being cast out because they are not living as Christ-like life that one would live who is living underneath the reign, the rule, and the authority of God the Father. And my fear is, unfortunately, in our world today, Profess the faith, 
before I tell you the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people who will produce its fruit. So he's, he's backing up what he's saying in his teaching here. That you can't come into the kingdom and not live according to the kingdom rule, reign, and authority and standards in your life. There's only one way in, and God has standards for those who are living in the kingdom. So, we ask ourselves, what can we learn from this? First, the gates of heaven are open for everyone. For everyone to receive. Anyone and everyone can be a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven today. Everyone. Doesn't matter. Second, for everyone. There's only one way to enter in, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. And in Him alone. Third, the kingdom is like a feast. It's a celebration time. It's a time where we we get our, our bellies full. It's a time where we laugh. It's a time where we get second helpings. It's a time where we live in the fullness of of the presence of God, and there's great joy in His presence. The psalmist writes on that on many occasions. And so we get a picture of what the kingdom of God looks like, how we enter it, and then how we are to live in it is going to be what we look at in the weeks to come. Because there are definite characteristics of what it looks like and how we ought to live as kingdom And I believe, and my hope is that for myself, and my hope is that for you, that we have more conversations that surround and talk about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, and actually even use those phrases because they were significant for Jesus. He came preaching repentance, and the kingdom of God is near. And so it's important for us if we're going to live in the kingdom here on earth, we need to know what that looks like and how to live in that. And Jesus gives us many, many teachings on that. And we're going to address those in the weeks to come. But my question this morning before we get there is this. Have you accepted and have you received the invitation? And are you wearing wedding clothes? Jesus says in Matthew 21 is to produce fruit of the kingdom of God. So I invite you to pray with me this morning as we respond to that question. Have you accepted and have you received the kingdom? Father God, I thank you for your insight and revelation to us this day about what to dig deeper into your word, into your teachings, and we get greater understanding of what it looks like to produce the fruit of the kingdom. We have to start this morning by the invitation. 
salvation is for everyone in this place and in this world that they would receive the Son, Jesus Christ, by faith. Like a child, to simply believe that God loves, God gave, and God restored. And if there's anyone here this morning, Father, that has not received and accepted the invitation, I ask today that they would, that you would change their hearts, that you would transform their minds and their thinking so that in weeks to come as we begin to unpack and explore what it means to live in kingdom life and to produce the fruit, that we will know what it looks like to wear the clothes, to actually flesh out, to actually be 